Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. It's that time again. Yes, indeed. It's time for another episode of Shark Bite Biz. Once again, I'm your grateful host, David Strausser, and we have another amazing episode for you all today. As everybody knows, the supply chain became majorly squeezed back in mid-March due to the global pandemic. It was hard to get things across the state, let alone internationally or even cross-country. Our guest today was present and center on the front front lines helping ensure that people around the globe were able to get their products in reasonable time. Whether a consumer needing online purchases or a business needing manufacturing supplies, they were there. We're going to chat about how UPS had to be nimble enough to shift for the massive increase in loads that they were going to be getting, as well as just issues that they had at sorting facilities or along the supply chain line, just from the threat of the virus itself. You'll also hear the story, an amazing career of somebody who started out small and rose the ranks to become an amazing leader, as well as hear about her brand new nonprofit organization and how she plans to give back and help people so that they can break through the barriers preventing their own personal growth. Our guest today is Betty Topuzlu, Director of Business Development in the E-Commerce Division at UPS. Here's a little bit about Betty. Betty is currently a business development director at UPS Supply Chain Solutions based out of Los Angeles. She devoted her last 14 years of professional career to build bridges between different cultures. Moving forward, she will share her passion with like-minded networkers worldwide through her nonprofit organization. So let's bring Betty on in here. Business Strategy. Hey, Betty, thank you so much for coming on to Shark Bite Biz. We're so glad and happy to have you here with us. Hi, David. Thank you. I'm happy to be with you. Uh, yeah, no, it's our pleasure having somebody with your expertise here. So, you know, we have a tradition on this show where the very first question, we always like to get people to tell us their experience in the background. So go ahead. Let's hear. Who are you? Sure. Uh, I believe I represent UPS as of today. We can wear all multiple hats, but as a business professional and a sales professional, I represent UPS Supply Chain Solutions. I'm based in Los Angeles. It's been about 15 years that I'm in the business development area in the logistics sector. And this is a pretty phenomenal year, and I'm excited to have you on board and talk about what's going on and how we can expand the dialogue. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. And it is a phenomenal year. This has been a year like none other. Wouldn't you say so? I totally agree. Just like every other year. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, one of the big challenges from this global crisis we've had with the pandemic has been the supply chain just getting products moved especially you know whether you're talking internationally across borders or you're crossing talking about just going across country it's it's been a challenge how does ups respond to that type of global crisis 
Sure. I mean, logistics sector has been always volatile. It's been 15 years I've been in the sector and I started in France and I relocated back to Turkey and then came to Los Angeles. It's been 10 years. Regardless where you are in the world, the logistics uh, remains the challenges and um, the um, volatilities remain the same, I would say. Every year something happens and we have to take proactive approach how to manage these uh, changes. This year with the global pandemic, uh, what we are seeing is there's a significant shift from B2B type of business to B2C. And the way that we handle uh, significantly different uh, because we follow our customers buying practices and then my, our customers' customer buying practices has been significantly changed. So we adapt, uh, we show some type of flexibility by putting our customers first and innovation driven. With that vision, uh, we introduce a lot of technology, artificial intelligence, and we also invest a lot of on our people to be able to shift that change and be able to respond what is going on in the market. So that's we, we can expand on this a lot more, but basically this is the highlight of um, what's what's happening right now. Yeah, no, that, that that's some really good insight. And one thing that was going through my head was when you said that the buying habits, you know, like who you service, it changed from B to B to B to C. I mean, that's so true because you have a lot of people that are working from home right now. Yeah. So maybe maybe they're doing B to B, but it's almost like B to C because maybe, you know, it's being shipped to someone's house instead of to an office building like it was before. That's got to have a lot of impact just on like how you guys do your daily routes and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Uh, not only for UPS, but for each and every company around the globe, it's either corporate world or entrepreneurship or startups. Working from home uh, definitely has different dynamics and it brought so many uh, differences in the, in the way of we do uh, our business. E-commerce is increasing tremendously. That was a result of the increase of B2C type of uh, supply chain movements. Right. But we do listen our customers. We do listen uh, our uh, the customers' customers' feedback that really which we are driven our um, initiatives based on right. the feedback that we get from the market. It's really hard to set the tone as a service provider right now. We have to flow and uh, proactively listen it and take necessary actions. Based on a survey that we did out of 400 customers, uh, they are saying that 54% of uh, the customer database that we had, um, they right. are having a cash flow problem with the cash. Oh, yeah. Right. Because they have to divert their investment, the way that they um, supply their uh, inventory, it's way different. 43% of our customers, they have to rebuild their customer database. And 29% of their customers consider inventory replenishment, which was which is a major concern for them. So with uh -huh. that in mind, uh, how to keep up with all these changes? Let's say last month, as far as I remember from a um, webinar that I attend to internally from EPS, 
we were uh, we were hiring 16,000 drivers itself uh, just to support that increase in the B2C wow. businesses. So when you're talking about that drastic change, it comes with a lot of different um, side, um, I wouldn't say concern, but opportunities to grow and improve right. our services. Uh, keeping the company culture, keeping the um, the productivity efficiency of the employees. Uh, these, this is a very broad, broad uh, conversation. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. You just hit on a lot of good data points that was right there. That survey was really kind of intriguing for me to hear some of that. But with, okay, you mentioned something about the remote aspect of it. Remote working from home, you know, not being in the offices, something that a lot of companies had to face. You know, you were essentially forced into Zoom meetings almost overnight if you weren't already. Was UPS ready for that digital transformation or was it a little bit of a slow push? Well, it's a it's a very good question because the way that we do our sales in front of the laptops in, in our remote locations without connecting with the customer, uh, thinking about the conventional sales, shaking, ha shaking hands and um, seeing the customer, sitting in front of them, building the relationship, it's very warm. When we are talking about Zoom calls, uh, of course, you are more um, in, in a global business. We can connect with anyone right now, correct? So we can have a Zoom call someone from China or someone from down the road. Uh, it doesn't really matter right now. Right. So uh, it comes with some side effects, uh, and but it's not necessarily negative. I'm an old millennial and I'm an optimistic. <laughs> it means that I'm old not millennial. Going, My yeah, boss not calls me an old millennial too. And I said, I am not a millennial. I am a zenial. Okay. A zenial. Anybody, <laughs> I think it's like 79 to 84 or 85, you're a zenial. That's what okay. that's what I am. <laughs> Sorry, okay, I have to get that out there. David. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So as an old millennial, I would say, we adapt really fast and we oh, understand yeah. and we are very tech savvy. Um, right now, there is a big push in the um, the our more matured generation uh, getting retired. Uh, we are expecting significant amount of retirees. Uh, within our world in UPS as well. So right now, with the new technology induction, we don't necessarily need to employ a lot of people, especially in the logistic. You might you tend to see a lot of digital freight forwarders. They are right. relying more on the technology more than people. But logistics is very complex. I don't know oh, how yeah. you can manage everything from A to Z. Uh, from the PO management coming uh, to shipping transportation via ocean and air to having custom brokerage procedures and delivering to final mile delivery. This is, there are so many variables, especially with the uh, right. growing e-commerce businesses. The traditional way or conventional way of doing logistics um, significantly different and Right now, to your question, how to sell remotely, we are, I feel very comfortable personally, if you ask me, and I speak with a lot of sales uh, professionals and a lot of the customers. I think um, we adapted 
way better than I expected. Oh, yeah. The world is becoming global with all the different time zones. Everything is connected virtually anyway. Either we accept or not. So me being optimistic, all millennial, (laughs) uh, I understand current challenges, but how we can solve and how we can find solution to the problem. So UPS changed the uh, abbreviation to United Problem Solvers. This is a perfect situation. We have a lot of problems to solve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that that's great and what you're saying i mean i think it's pretty cool it seems like on the outside looking how ups responded i mean i order a lot i work from home even before all this stuff started and i could tell you besides getting more packages after march because we bought even more online I didn't have many missed, you know, deliveries from UPS. And I, I think that's really cool because it showed how, I guess you could say kind of nimble and flexible you were in a global pandemic to where you were able to ramp up to meet demands with very little delay, I think. I mean, is that how you yeah. see it? I'm yeah. sure inside it was much more frustrating, but from the outside as a consumer, it, it seemed like it worked to me. I wouldn't call frustration. We love what we do. Mm-hmm. This is the core of what we do. Uh, to be more specific, we employ about 450,000 employees around the world. And you wow. think of, you know, we deliver 75 million packages a day. Wow, 75 million a day. That is an astounding number. I would have never guessed that. So we employ... Um, of course, we own our uh, own airlines. UPS Airlines is the ninth right. largest airline in the world. It's just a cargo freighter. We just ship cargo, not passengers. <laughs> um, Although I'm sure, I'm sure people have tried. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because sometimes people say, "How did you relocate back from Europe to United States?" I said, "Yeah, I work for UPS so oh, Express." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, must make it easier to to move things through their freight. <laughs> so uh, to your question, um, it, it's a very much honor and I love what we do. And um, it's very meaningful to me because we deliver, we enable commerce through uh, all our network. This is pretty phenomenal. Everybody's working genuinely and there's a lot of expertise in it. I've been with the company for the last 15 years, but I'm a baby compared to others. I can tell Uh, from our drivers to our upper management, you hear a lot of 30 years in business, 45 years in business. So this is the environment that I am in. And with all this knowledge, wisdom and um, expertise, I'm surrounded with um, good hearted and um, hardworking, intelligent uh, people. And I'm growing every day. So every challenge that we overcome, it helps in my personal growth and my business growth. Mm-hmm. With that knowledge, I can transmit and I help our customers every single day. Uh, that That's great. And that's really, I think, what people here at Sharkbite Biz really you know, want to hear from people like you at a great organization like UPS, how you're doing that 
really to advance good, help people out. I mean, there's a lot of people that are in tough positions right now. And, you know, it's hard to get different supplies. It may be something that's unique and hard to get, but they're able to rely on a company like you guys to figure out the, the hard work to get it to their house or their business. I mean, right. essentially, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, the biggest, the key accomplishment and learning uh, of this year, probably by talking uh, over hundreds of customers, mm-hmm. it was, it's very crucial to segregating the, your eggs into different baskets. So minimizing yeah. the risk. Uh, if you supply only from one region, one specific uh, vendor, you most likely want to segregate those and expand globally. So the global commerce becoming more and more mm-hmm. crucial and uh, having multiple resources. So one of the key concern was uh, the customers, they were not feeling that they have a good source for reliable alternatives. Okay. How do we create those alternatives? It's being open-minded. Uh, being uh, open to change, of course, being flexible and oh, yeah. being proactive. Yeah, that was. No, that that's great. I mean, it sounds like UPS is actually a leader. You know, a good example of leading. You know, during a global pandemic and just you know how you you've been able to do all these things remotely or digitally and stuff like that. And you've addressed a lot of those challenges and also some of those opportunities as well, too. So that's pretty good. Now, let's get into the business, I guess, more personal business side as far as you as the individual, because that's also a really good story. And I I really love to know, I mean, what inspires your passion about your profession with UPS? Well, thank you for asking. As I mentioned, uh, what we do is very challenging in 724, right? It never stops. Mm -hmm. If you don't like what you do or you don't love what you do, it's really frustrating. It can be. (laughs) And it cannot be sustainable for long years. Um, As long as you you are passionate about enabling the commerce or helping others as a servant leader, then you have, you kind of gain some type of longevity in in your professional career. In personal life, I've been always fascinated by uh, networking. I'm a people person. That uh, networking skills that I developed throughout the years, I considered myself as a trade ambassador and I love building bridges between different cultures through commerce, through art, through ideas. That was the vision and passion that I had for the last 15 years, but also it comes from the childhood, right? Um, I've been always fascinating with different cultures, how people communicate and how we increase the emotional intelligence uh, in a very uh, productive and effective business world. Uh, where I'm in a business side, right? But as a human being, I really enjoy talking about intangible values, ethics, or um, kindness, um, being able to help others. So I see myself always as a consultant rather than a sales 
professional uh, because my main goal was to help others. If I don't work for UPS today, I will be doing what I'm doing today anyway till end of my life probably. I, I right. like contributing to uh, beautiful startup stories. Uh, if they yeah. have an idea how we can empower them by connecting with the right resources. So the bottom line is make, creating meaningful connections is the heart of my passion. It can be a dancer or it mm -hmm. can be an engineer or it can be a um, philosopher. Uh, if they have that mindset, Probably they are only one connection away to unleash their power within. It sounded like Tony Robbins a little bit, but which is true. <laughs> this is what I live and read yeah. every day. Uh, that's how I come up with uh, that nonprofit idea that um, I've been dreaming of. Yeah, yeah. I, you read my mind. That was one <laughs> of my next questions for you. But before I delve into the nonprofit, I did want to ask you something that you just said was the, the networking part. Right now, because of everything that's going on, nobody's really networking like we used to. A lot of people are missing out on that people on people action, that FaceTime with new people that can help them advance their business dreams, aspirations, whatever it may be. What are you doing to supplement that since you can't, I mean, I'm sure you're not going to networking events right now. So how are you networking with people since you can't do it face to face? Well, I've been networking even more than ever before because now wow. you have the comfort of staying home and I am all the time connected. I feel connected and which I right. like because right now, um, you have less time to spend out driving or oh, um, yeah. hustle and bustle of every day. Now you focus more. No more on, LA commutes, right? Oh, LA commutes, <laughs> no more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I enjoy I do too. Not I miss mean, that. it's all about balance, right? Sometimes, sometimes I go out and I have a tour and I, I miss it to be outside. <laughs> it's very necessary. But at the end of the day, staying home, it doesn't mean that you will not. Um, you will have an excuse to not produce or to right. connect others. Well, how what though are you doing? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How? Okay. Well, we for me, I'll tell you what you. I did. I started mm -hmm. a podcast. Correct. That's how I and started I, networking. <laughs> right. So I started um, engaging my time more wisely to concentrate on the projects that I been willing to ignite for a long time. Trade Ambassador is my nonprofit organization uh, that I put more energy into it. Right now, uh, the same concept, building bridges about, uh, between different cultures. But when I say right. cultures, it can be a nonprofit organization to a business. Uh, I'm more aware of what's going on and what other people are doing around me, friends, family, or business associates or customers. And I'm trying to uh, build connections for them uh, in the mm -hmm. world because right now there is a lot of curiosity. Uh, everything stable is not stable anymore, right? right. And uh, the retail industry is not dead. We hear a lot right. of bankruptcy filing Chapter 11 from all big box like GCPenney, um, men's warehouse. I men's get all warehouse? my suits from men's warehouse. This is my secret. Can I tell you my secret sales strategy? <laughs> so Every don't... time, I, I don't know why, but whenever I go <laughs> shopping and I buy a new suit at men's warehouse, 
magically within 10 days, I have a brand new closed deal with Vision 33 with our SAP Business One. I close a deal within 10 days every time I buy a suit. Now they just buy bankruptcy. They're closing like 500 stores. I'm thinking I'm never going to close another deal. I'm scared. Wow. <laughs> I I've got to I got to start shopping at Macy's or something I guess to find a new new suit store by me, but I'm sorry. That yeah, the retail apocalypse as you've been talking about like a lot of them they are filing bankruptcy. Uh but it's not dead like you're saying. Sometimes they also have this opportunity to restructure their organization. Closing the retail oh, yeah. store is definitely significant. And I think with this global pandemic, the, uh, the, the change that was made is permanent. Right. It's not temporary. So that was the story of the companies that they resisted the change a couple of years ago. I can give you an example like Toys R Us, for example. They resisted yeah. the change, uh, managing their online sales by themselves. So they outsourced through Amazon or through other marketplace. And then they lost the control and they filed bankruptcy a while ago, mm -hmm. before even the pandemic. Now they are trying to come back, of course. So who to blame? I mean, are you going to blame the shareholders or the over customers? Or are you going right. to blame that there was a lack of understanding of digital transformation, including the cloud computing or wrong tactics on micro social and global issues? Like who to blame? Really? No, no, yeah, but you know, I, I have two comments and then I definitely want to start talking more. We'll change the topic then and start asking about this nonprofit. That's amazing. But uh, I, I'm thinking two things with me. I work in ERP. And I can tell you that I'm getting opportunities for businesses that in a traditional business world, like mm -hmm. think if it was 2019, they would not buy ERP. They, they, they would, but they'd probably be two or three years away from purchasing it. They're mm -hmm. now contacting us because their retail stores close. They, they aren't doing any more in-person sales or very limited. And, mm -hmm. But their e-commerce went from, okay, we're doing 70 orders a week to now they're doing 1,500 or 2,500 orders a week. And it's just so much more business than what they can handle. And the other thought about that is that I think if some of these big box stores if they do close, I mean, yes, it could be a little bit negative for jobs, but mm -hmm. for opportunity, I think that's a bigger opportunity for more mom and pops to be able to fill that void with that local need. I think it creates more opportunity than it takes away. It does, if you can keep up with the change. I mean, the rules are right? different. The problems are more complex. We need some counterintuitive leadership here uh, and apply some strategies to keep up and being ahead of the curve, I think. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you, like all entrepreneurs, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. It's always good to consult some subject matter expert and professionals like us. Oh, because yeah, we are definitely. in the business. We are breeding and living every day for many years. There's a lot of expertise over there trust and pick up the phone and reach out to some subject matter experts. We have um, 
on our website, ups.com forward slash supply chain. You can reach out to any professionals and ask for guidance, not only for UPS, but there's a lot of uh, very experienced um, logistic professionals out there, not only for supply chain, but um, in any sector. Um, I believe mm -hmm. it's time to discuss, it's time to brainstorm, it's time to oh, yeah. create, curate, and connect. That's, oh, I think that's, that's the time. Well, how about this? How about we connect right now about talking about your your nonprofit organization, mm -hmm. which really does an amazing job of empowering strategic partnerships worldwide, worldwide, right? Right. That's where the heartbeat, uh, it really goes fast here. Um, okay. Where to start? Okay. Um, as a background, I quickly passed about my background, but I used to be a dancer. I'm graduated from a ballet school. I did ballet for 21 years. After going into logistics and supply chain, it was a drastic change. Um, yeah. my, I see my mission is I have to feel often that I have to challenge myself by leaving my comfort zone. And that was one of them. Starting in logistics, understanding the ins and outs, uh, having some experiences globally in different countries. So basically, I sold UPS in uh, three different continents uh, in four different languages. That's pretty wow, unique. Wow. It's very uh, worldwide, and I'm very proud of this accomplishment. Uh, it wasn't easy, but you should it was be. Totally that, that's worth, great. Totally worth it. And we are in UPS, we are in global business, so it totally makes sense. The back having the uh, mm -hmm. intercultural background, it totally fits into it. But side of my heart, it was still uh, belonging to the arts area, dancing, right. arts, and everything. We are in a big box, right? In uh, in any corporate, it's all tangible type A personalities, uh, all about business. A lot of red tape. Bottom line, you know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> yeah. when it comes to the art area, it's all about intangibles. It's all about the values or the, the value that you create that you don't see right away. Right. So it's totally different. And I always wanted to connect those two different worlds, and I wanted to be a connector in between them. So how okay. I'm going to do that? I started my social project back in 2016, and we had a launch in Los Angeles, supported by UPS, by United Way, by a couple other companies that um, supported this uh, this you know, leadership or social yeah. project called Trade Ambassadors. Uh, when I submit my mm -hmm. TED Talk request, and I was like mentioning that the core of finding uh, peace or creating values, it's to enable uh, people and enable projects. How to do that? Um, that's mm -hmm. that's the idea. That was the foundation that I come up with. And UPS is a foundation as well, right? Uh, we have right. a division of UPS that totally uh, concentrates and focuses on the sponsorships, on the contribution, getting back to community and creating that value. I've been fascinated by that. And um, then I realized there is a gap. The gap is between people in corporate, how we can raise an awareness uh, to represent your corporation, but 
going out there in the communities and connecting with the right resources and right. channeling the, the, the resources to empower them. Uh, I will give you an example. Uh, right now, I'm currently empowering or supporting a project called Beyond Balls. There is a very talented French artist called Saipem. Uh, he came up with this project. He is basically producing his own ecological paint. And he does amazing oh. uh, painters on the green areas, right? But it's, I'm talking about 5,000, 6,000 square feet area. Uh, this project started right. at Champ de Mars in Paris, right under the Eiffel Tower. Uh, they closed that uh, area for him for two weeks, which is unheard of. This is the wow. first time in the history that they are closing that area, which has 33,000 visitors a day. Yeah. That started right there. And the, the goal of this project is to create the human, the biggest human chain in the world. So he is having a world tour, which will take place for five years. We are connecting him. Of course, this artist, uh, he's amazing in what he does. But coming right. back to financials or supporting financially his project, how he's going to deal with it. So he needs mm -hmm. trans ambassadors like myself or like many others who has this consciousness. Uh, I was able to connect uh, this artist with UPS right. to get right. a global sponsorship. So this is how we started right. in Turkey, oh. for example. So and I, I was telling myself, if I'm able to do that, I have. Uh, connections, business associates uh, in other companies like Coca-Cola, Accenture, Facebook, mm -hmm. Google, Microsoft, wherever. So if I'm able to be in a trade ambassador connecting that project with my company to get resources, why can't you? So I was also um, having a mentorship program and uh, the, being a role model kind of thing in this. And it's a true pleasure. So that's my passion. That's really yeah, uh, sure. seeing that fruitful results um making connections yeah exactly so just to be clear what is the name of the nonprofit organization it's called trade ambassadors trade uh, ambassadors website, okay right that's what right. i thought my but i wanted to clarify be, <laughs> and, and my website will be on pretty soon okay and and with trade ambassadors that is with you personally not with ups correct correct Mm -hmm. okay. And this also empowers it, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's why so, it's a non-profit non organization. Oh, yeah, no, that's great. How can people reach out? Well, I guess before we get to that step, now we heard the story of the artist, but what other type of connections do you have available? Like, think about the people that, like, that would listen to the show, small yeah. business owners, stuff like that. What kind yeah. of resources do you have available? Absolutely. Uh, the resources are infinite. There are 7 billion people in the world. And I believe with this connectivity in the world, we just need to reach out uh, to be to answer specifically to your question. Um, it's yeah. a complex one, but I will try to be more uh, specific. <laughs> uh, everybody has connections, right? You know so right. much. And if you have this mentality and awareness and consciousness and the goodwill to help others, you will enable your network for the benefit of others, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. This is the project that I ignite. 
usually I've been fortunate to be surrounded by the people that they are genuinely mm -hmm. involved to support each other and it, it contributed a lot of my success. Mm -hmm. And thanks to their uh, connections or thanks to their empowerment, I am where I am today. And I feel very fortunate for that. That's why I would like to pass along to younger generation or people who are, who they have a passion, they have um, the idea, they have the innovation, but they just need some mm -hmm. type of connection to make it happen. Connection, With guidance, yeah. Oftentimes, right. you know, not having that connection is the roadblock. I mean, before I got into, ERP, I always dreamt of myself, you know, I want to be in this high end tech, I want to help businesses automate systems and processes and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how I got here. And if it wasn't for a friend introducing me to Vision 33 and SAP, never would have happened. And, and, and fortunately, with a lot of these circles, it is kind of closed, you have to be introduced by somebody to get in there. And that's a great thing you're doing. Well, I believe it's a great thing too. And I hope it will uh, be recognized by so many others so we can yeah. have a global impact and connectivity. Yeah, so that it goes full circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great. So how can people reach out to trade ambassadors? What's the website uh, or where at? The, the website will, under construction right now, it's going to be tradeambassador.org. Uh, okay. And uh, it will be, yeah, I will be reachable over there or through LinkedIn. I will be always available through connections. Okay. Or they can reach out to you. You know how to reach out to me. Yeah, reach out to me and <laughs> so I will definitely reach out to, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I guess the very last question I have for you is, do you have any words of advice to small businesses out there that are just struggling? I mean, from the, the UPS per perspective, um, you know, what kind of words of advice do you have for them if they're struggling with their, their supply chains and their logistics and all that stuff? Right. In short words, uh, I would say embrace the change. If you're resistant, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, but if you flow with the change and then you adapt and then you're open to segregate your eggs into different mm -hmm. baskets to um, allow your business to be um, advised by the subject matter experts, right. um, it always helps. So embrace the change, face the reality, be optimistic, and just proactively engage your resources and don't forget to connect. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Essentially do not be your own worst enemy in business. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey Betty, thank you so much. Uh, this has been such a, a, a great conversation. I think we have, I think you gave a lot of good information out to a lot of people. How can people get in contact with you for any reason? LinkedIn? Is there anywhere LinkedIn else you want best. to go? Absolutely. LinkedIn is the best. Perfect. Yeah. So what I'll do is if you're watching on YouTube, you're on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, look in the description. You'll see Betty's name and you'll have a link there to her LinkedIn page. 
I wish to be overwhelmed with the requests. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much, Betty. Thank it's you. been a great interview. Love seeing you. And thank you mine. again for hooking me up with the remarkable tablet. I love oh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Have a remarkable year and congratulations on your new venture. I thank you. Support and um, yep. the sky is the I'm limit. sure. I'm sure once this is all done, we'll bring you back so that we can talk about how business has changed permanently because of the the global crisis going on. Correct. So, thank and you again. I Betty. would like to send thank you to a Shiny who connected oh, us yeah. as a trade ambassador, right, at UCLA. Yes. We both gave some uh, speech. We were at the panel at UCLA um, mm. communication strategies, leadership, and emotional intelligence class that she was having. That's how we met. And thank you for yep. inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, no problem. No problem. And you'll be back again. Thank you again. Wow. Betty is incredible, isn't she? I always love and value my time with her as she really embellishes what a business professional should be. The story she told us and some of the data she presented was just incredible. Think about it, okay? It is one of those pretty cool inside stories about how when the world called, one of our greatest companies stood up to the challenge and succeeded. Without the infrastructure they had built globally over the past few decades, they for many of us could have been drastically different and much worse. Because of them being nimble and quick, it allowed small businesses to stay afloat when they had the shift to e-commerce to sell their products instead of stores. From hearing about Betty's background to how UPS has and is handling the pandemic to her newest endeavor with her nonprofit, all of these stories are amazing. In fact, she is already helping me and this channel grow through her nonprofit. I love the idea and we'll be there to support her any way we can. This was a really fun video with some great conversation. How has logistics impacted you during the global pandemic? Did you have late shipments? Did it cause strain at your house or your business? Did a company like UPS become your saving grace because of how they pivoted to meet demand? Leave a comment down below sharing your experience and what you did. Want to be a guest on the show? Got a good business story? Story to tell about how your business pivoted during quarantine, just like Betty told us about UPS, shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. As always, make sure you not only like and subscribe the video, but please, especially if you enjoy the content that is coming out, please, please, please share it. These interviews are meant to help your business grow during tough times and getting the word out so that everybody can take advantage of it is mission critical for achieving the business success that we're looking to have. So please, subscribe, like, share, comment, get help, get the word out, and this channel will grow. Thank you again, and we'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.